Hello everyone, this is Thomas and Christine Erdos. And you're listening to Love's Fire. Welcome. Welcome everyone. I'm glad to be back. Yes. I feel like it's been a long time. You did a great job by yourself though. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for everyone's patience with us. Yes. But I think we both agree it's better together. Of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, today we wanted to talk about um, some good stuff. All of a sudden I forgot. (laughs) I know what we're talking about. I just forgot the title you had. Not that it would be the title necessarily. But just the specifics. Um, I do know we wanted to talk about honoring, like fearing, like fearing God and integrity. That's the word, integrity. <laughs> and my integrity was to not pretend like I knew exactly what I was talking about when I didn't. <laughs> you got this. Thanks. Great so, job. oh, thank you. So, take it away. <laughs> yeah. So this was a little rusty. <laughs> doing great doing great so (laughs) thank you holy spirit for helping us (laughs) yes uh so yeah this has been uh kind of on my heart uh for a while and uh i mean it's been a uh just uh growing in integrity and walking that out in the fear of the lord has been a i guess an aspect of um the god's been growing me in for quite a few years yeah and uh, that have had some amazing seeds sown in uh, just in the way I was brought up by, by my parents. And, uh, and, you know, that's been amazing. And then just recently, I feel like God's really highlighted it to me, um, both the importance and then uh, just the, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just the importance of it. And that we have, uh, you know, room to grow as a body, as a body of Christ. Yeah. And so there's something really amazing. We're going to be talking uh, about the day that the sun stood still. And uh, God stopped the sun, or as far as our perspective, obviously, uh you know, whether that was stopping the earth from rotating or how God did that, you know, that's up to him. The point is from our perspective. Technically speaking. <laughs> the point is from our perspective, uh, the sun stood still on earth. Um, and so uh, this is an amazing story and a lot of people have heard about it, but I think most people don't know the context of that story. And yeah. that's what we're going to start out talking about because it's really amazing. Yeah. Uh to know what the background of that story is. Yeah. And so uh, it's found in Joshua uh, 10. We're going to start the story in Joshua 9. Uh, We're not going to read all of it. I'm just going to skip. You you can read both chapters um, for yourself, and that'll be great, but I'm just going to skip around for the sake of time. And so um, basically the backstory is that, uh, you know, Joshua is leading Israel and they're taking the land that God has given them. You know, they've already uh, defeated uh, Jericho and they're, you know, they're, um, you know, at this point, and then AI, I believe, um, and they defeated artificial intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, anyway, bad joke. Okay, so <laughs> they, you know, already had two two great victories and... Um, 
And so they're, they've have a reputation at this point. And God told them, you know, God, okay, you know, God gave them the land. Partially, the timing was partially because the, um, the, the, I guess the cup of wrath, the cup of judgment, the cup of sin was full for the people of the land. So in other words, that God had given, you know, God is so loving and kind and patient. He'd given so much time for the people of the land to repent of their wickedness and their sin. Uh, You know, that's like a really good point for a lot of people that like aren't like that have had trouble reading the Old Testament, like one really amazing perspective is realizing how much like God's mercy is seen throughout the Old Testament and how long he like gave people like he really did give people like a long time to repent. Yeah. I mean, he is so amazing. Like, uh, you know, even thinking of like, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, the, you know, the cities that he completely destroyed for their wickedness um like he would have spared them like through the uh intercession of Abraham but this is God's heart like God wants to spare people it yeah. says that it's not God's will that any should perish yeah so he wants all to come to repentance he wants all come to salvation but at some point uh you know the cup of wrath is full at some point it's better to destroy you know like uh you know, it's like even with a, a body, like if there's an infection on someone's foot, for example, then obviously you want the foot to heal. Yeah. But if it gets bad enough, at some point, it's better to cut off the foot than to... Because it could infiltrate the rest of the body. Yeah, because if you don't, at some point, if the infection is bad enough, then apart from a miracle, uh, you need to cut off the foot or else a person would die. Yeah. Uh, so it's better to lose a foot than a person. Yeah. And so it can come to that point. And so... That's like the lens we have to look at, you know, the Old Testament through because Jesus had not come to shed his blood. Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. And so, you know, at this point, you know, through the blood of Jesus and through the church, God can show even more mercy then because it's, he's love. He is perfect love. Like that's his nature, but he's also perfectly just and holy. And so that's why... You know, you can read some things and you would think like, oh, that seems terrible. Why would God do that? Well, it's like, okay, if you, uh, you know, you have to know the context because you just say, oh, yeah, that man just had that other person killed. You'd be like, oh, what a terrible person. But if you look at the context, it could be that that man was a judge and that other man was a serial killer <laughs> so that had, you know, was executed. Yeah. So it's like you have to know the context and you have yeah. to... Know that God is love, and He is also holy, and He He needs to. And He's just. And He's just. Yeah. Yeah. And so He's holy, so He is just. He is righteous. So, He's so merciful throughout the old, and the new covenant. There's different ways He can show it in the new covenant because the blood of Jesus, because of sacrifice. But He's the same yesterday, today, and forever in terms of His love, His nature, His character. So. Yeah. So anyway, for the the land of Canaan, God had given so much time to repent, and they still would not repent. Um, and so God told Joshua and the leaders of Israel, don't make a covenant, don't make any pact or treaties with any of the people of the land because they all need to be destroyed because of their sin. Mm -hmm. Again, because it's better for, you know, to cut off the foot than for the whole body to, um, you know, be destroyed, so to speak. And so anyway, uh, 
<laughs> that's the context of Joshua 9. And uh, so the Gibeonites, they're one of the, uh, you know, evil nations. Um, but they may have been evil, but at least they were smart, um, but deceiving. So they're like, they realize they can't defeat Israel because they heard the stories of how God fought for them. And, uh, and so they decided to try to deceive them. And so they came acting like they're from a far land and they're like, Hey, we're from a far land, like make a treaty with us. And, uh, Joshua, uh, and the leadership, um, didn't talk to God, which was the big problem. In verse 14, it says, um, Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, which they made look old, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live, and the rulers of the congregation swore to them. And mm -hmm. so Joshua made a covenant, but you have to realize covenant um, then and now is between not just two parties, but three, yeah. at least three parties. And so this wasn't a covenant with Joshua and the Gibeonites only. It was between God, Joshua, and the Gibeonites, just like marriage is between God and a man and a woman. Yeah. And so um, then after, in verse 16, and it happened at the end of three days, after they had made covenant with them, they heard that they were, that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them, then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Um, and then verse 18, But the children of Israel did not attack them, because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel, and all the congregation complained against the rulers. So they didn't attack them, but obviously they were upset. And then the Gibeonites explain why they did it, and it's because, well, because we were afraid you would, you know, you know, kill us just like you did, destroy us just like you did with Jericho, and and the others, and so, um, but they're like, you know, do whatever you want with us, we'll be your slaves, and that's that's what they were. They became, um, you know, they would bring the water and cut the wood, do the hard manual labor for Israel, but at least, you know, they survived. So the whole point of this is that they were never supposed to make this covenant. God told them not to. This was a bad covenant, but now they made it. And then in verse chapter 10, Basically, the five surrounding nations, the king of Jerusalem and four other kings, decide, like, oh, the Gibeonites made a treaty with Israel. Let's go destroy them. And so these five nations come to destroy the Gibeonites because of their covenant with Israel. And um, so in verse, in chapter 10, in verse 6, and the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. So you could think carnally, like, Oh, well, we should have never made that covenant. Well, here's an easy way out. Uh, we just don't have to hurry as much. We'll just take our time getting there. And by the time we get there, they'll be you know, either completely or mostly destroyed. And we didn't do anything. And so it's like, but God's perspective is so different than the ways of the world. Yeah. And so in verse 7, it says, So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, and he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this is amazing, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. 
So God is fighting on behalf of the Gibeonites now for the sake of <laughs> Joshua's bad covenant with them. Yeah. Uh, but with, be, with God as well. Yeah, because originally God didn't want him to make this covenant with them. But since he did, and since he was still honoring the covenant because of Joshua's integrity and fear of God, God's still fighting for him. Even like, so it's like, even when we would make a mistake, yet we're honoring covenant, God is fighting for him. Yeah. And, and just, you might be thinking of like, so this is not just, uh, this doesn't just apply to covenants because covenant's not really a word we use very much, but, um, you know, a, a covenant is or a commitment, a commitment. Yeah. It's in other words, commitment or, uh, oath or whatever. Anyway, yeah. I'm not going to go there right now. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> it's like keeping your word. Yeah. So in uh, verse 9, Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. Think about that. Like, not only did he not take his time, he marched all night. He went above and beyond. Like, he, yeah. he stood by his word like this was like his best friend. Like, yeah. he spared nothing to get there as fast as he can to help protect this nation that they shouldn't have made a covenant with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, and then verse 10, so the Lord routed them before Israel. And so it goes on talking about how God is fighting for them. And then in verse 12, it says, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, and this is amazing, like nowhere here does it say that God told him to say what he's about to say, just says he said it, but he knew God's will in the situation. And so this is an amazing principle because God said earlier, um, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So God said, every single one of them I'm going to give into your hand. Yeah. And so now Joshua is seeing the battle. They're winning the battle, but there's so many of them, they're running out of time before sunset. And once the sun goes down, then there's no way they can uh, defeat all the enemy because then they could escape and under the cover of darkness. And so, you know, this is, we see this principle over and over again. Like when we know God's will, especially now as sons of God, as believers, as the children of God in Christ, we can speak on his behalf as his ambassadors. And so this is such a powerful principle even today. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, this has never been done since then. So I'm not saying we need to <laughs> make the sun stand. Still. Yeah, there's a uh, probably not this situation where we need the sun to stand still again. Um, but anyway, enough of the commentary. Verse twelve <laughs> said jo Joshua said, "Sun stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of uh, Ajalon." So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been, just as a side comment, I heard that there's, I haven't done the research myself, but I've heard that there's even uh, legends in, uh, like in the Americas, like of... Uh, that there was a, a night that was a whole day. So it makes sense. If it's day for a whole day on in the Middle East, then on the opposite side of the world, 
it would be a night for a oh, whole day. Cool. Uh-huh. So I'd heard uh, there's even legends about that uh, on the opposite side of the world. Nice. And um, But anyway, in verse 14, it says, And there has been no day like it that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of man for the Lord fought for Israel. Wow. Amazing. So God fought for Israel. And what's the whole backdrop? Integrity. The fear of the reverence of God. Yeah. um, That when we make, you know, a commitment, a promise, especially a covenant between God and man, it's that serious. And, um, but Jesus takes it even further because he says in, on the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5, 37, he says, you know, make no oaths to anyone, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because think about it, if you're going to make a promise, um, you know, and I'm not saying that a covenant and an oath is exact, they're, you know, slightly different. Obviously, that's why they're different words. Um, But it's the same principle. Both are talking about keeping your word and uh, or related to that. And so if if we make promises that, uh, you know, like sometimes we say, I promise I'll do this. You know, that's not in it bad. I'm not trying to say that's bad in and of itself. But if you have to make promises, that implies that you're not always honest. That you don't always keep your word. And so that's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just yeah. keep your word and you don't have to worry about it. And you don't, then there's no difference between your word and a promise. Yeah. You know, and Jesus, who has his name that was exalted above every other name, you know, Philippians 2, we see that. Uh, you know, Psalm 138.2, it says that he's exalted his word even above his name. Yeah. And so uh, it's amazing because, like, I heard this analogy from, um, uh, you know, or this ex- explanation from Brother Curry some time ago of, like, that's true in, like, today's world as well, or, like, <laughs> at least it used to be, that if a man's word is no good, their name is no good. And so, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because if like, if you can't trust someone like, right. well, the character, you know, their name is their character, like what they represent. Yeah. So if you can't trust someone, yeah. then obviously their character isn't good. And so their name is no good. Yeah. So that's why God holds his word above his name. Yeah. Like, we'll think if like you came in the name of someone, like you came from a country and a king who doesn't keep his word is your king. And you came and are like, well, he said he'll give you this if you do this for us. And it means the name means nothing to them because they haven't seen that king fulfill his promises or his word. Yeah. So. But God, on the other hand, he's always, always faithful. keeps his word. Yeah. <laughs> All his promises are yes and amen yeah. in Christ Jesus for his glory through us. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's amazing. And uh, this is, you know, uh, just as a sneak peek, <laughs> because I think we might do another episode on this. Uh, oh, yeah, we have a good, you have a good story. Yeah, I have a really amazing uh, testimony that really impacted me early on in my life. Yeah. Um, and uh, in this area, and then there's also some scriptures like, you know, Psalm 15, Psalm 24, Psalm 34, all yeah. hit on this topic of integrity and the fear of the Lord and the importance of our words. Yeah. And, um, you know, even Ephesians 4, the end of that chapter, there's so yeah. much on this. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll probably do one more episode, but I think, do yeah. you want to, uh, do you have anything to close with? 
Yeah, just as we talk about the subject, and if this is something that's challenging to you, just know that truly, like, once you get in the habit of it, it's, like, really freeing. And especially, like, for us in a relationship, or even if it was just a friendship with someone or a sibling or just someone you do life with a lot, if y'all could get to a point where you start practicing that with one another, where you both are talking about, like, hey, I really want to be... Um, more mindful of my words like I understand the power of my words and I understand the power of commitment and honoring commitments and so if I say I'm going to do something like I want to follow through on that with you and and like for us I know sometimes too like if it's something where we don't know for sure if we're going to be able to make it happen we don't say yes we say I'm going to try. <laughs> or we know? plan on it. Or, or we'll say, like, we plan on it. But it's really freeing. And I think it frees each other's expectations of, like, okay, if they say yes, then this is going to happen. And if they say we'll plan on it, okay, we're going to plan on it. But it may not happen. And if it does, like, there was that. There was room for that in this conversation. And so it really – I think it can really help people um, – yeah, I think it can just help a lot and just not be overwhelmed by it if this is um, challenging to you or if you haven't seen this done or or if you've wanted to be better at this but haven't known how. Um, and no, another, yeah, asking God to help, <laughs> asking Holy Spirit to help you. And yeah, stories like this from the Bible have been super helpful for us and just seeing God's blessing on, um, like, on the people that kept their commitments and on in our own lives when we've seen just the relational blessing of being able to live like this it really does help yeah Yeah. so good so yeah well uh uh yeah the amazing thing is is god's grace is with us as believers his spirit is with us to help us and empower us to walk this out can't do it on our own but with him it's easy because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yes. It can feel hard at times, especially if we're breaking habits yeah. that have been entrenched. Yeah. But by his grace, all things are possible yeah. to believers. So yeah. So we'll close it there for now and then we'll continue next time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Father, we thank you for your amazing goodness and your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. Thank you that you are always faithful, you always keep yeah. your word, that you are not a man, that you should lie, yeah. that all your promises are yes and amen. Yeah. Thank you, Father. You're so faithful. And thank you, Jesus, that as you are, so are we in this world. Yes. That we've, you've joined us to yourself, and so we're one spirit, and you've taken out the heart of stone, and you've put in your heart of flesh. Yeah. You made us brand new by your spirit and by your mercy and your grace. So we thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us and empowering us all to walk this out for your glory, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Jesus' name. So, bless you bless all. Bless you all. Life, blessings, grace, and peace to you in Jesus' name. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.